welcome to the next episode of Humans of SD. As you can hear, we are still full of excitement from the fact that a secret from the fact that the second season has started. So it's great to have you here. Our today's guest is Pushkar, who is me and Martin's friend, so you might hear that we talk on a friendly note. However, he has an interesting story. He's a PhD student, uh, he comes originally from India, and he has a very nice perspective on how he spends his free time in Northern Zen. So enjoy! Hello Pushkar, thank you very much for joining us this evening. You just came from the university. Yeah. yeah. Here, so. And it's like 7 p.m. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, it's 8 p.m. 8 actually. PM, yeah. <laughs> so what were you up to there? Uh, you know, just... Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> no, um, I actually did some recordings over the last week and I just was analyzing those and I just want them to look the way I want them to and that's why I'm just... I'm just there working a bit late than usual. So can you tell us maybe more about what you are doing? You are a PhD student. So. Yes. Uh, so I am right now doing a PhD in auditory neuroscience. All right. So that studies um, uh, how a human hears and how he perceives speech and what exactly happens in the brain when you're hearing something. For example, uh, uh, to tell you something like, Layman terms. If I if I do this, you're <laughs> well. Everyone just blow their head. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have done that. Uh, so no, it's okay. maybe I can. I can just. If, yeah. okay. anyway. uh, if I if you hear any sound, it can be anything. What your what your what your what your brain has to do is it has to first uh, detect it. Uh, be like, okay, uh, I'm registering a sound. Then the next step is that it has to ask itself well, what it heard, and then tell, oh, okay, this was a knock or a clap or a snap, whatever. Mm -hmm. oh, and nice. then later on, uh, the higher processing starts. For example, if I said hi, then uh, within a hundred milliseconds, actually, that's one-tenth of a second, you would, your brain would already know what was said and you wouldn't even have to attend to it. And then, um, but only 300 milliseconds later, can your brain recognize that you, you heard hi but for example, if I give you uh, something like um, the dog was flying, uh, you're like, yeah, of course you smile because like, <laughs> what? what is that? And uh, that's because your brain is like, ah, it's expecting the dog is going to bark or going to walk or going to sit or going to sleep or whatever. But you hear flying and the brain goes like, oh, wait a second, this is weird. Mm -hmm. So all of this processing takes 400 milliseconds. But it's very interesting because the first first thing that came to my mind was the was the flying dog. Have you seen Never Ending Bolt. Story? Bolt? No. What was his name? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember either. But a big dog from the Never Ending Story. With a cape. I don't think he had a cape. <laughs> I guess you're talking about different. Well, we, things. Yeah, we can find that out. Yeah, Bolt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. So uh, basically, th in layman terms, this is what I'm doing. So uh, I put an EEG cap on someone's head. And I make them here do these weird things like some numbers, uh, for example, and they will just uh, do whatever their brain does. And I will, the EEG cap will uh, collect all the electrical activity going on in the brain. And later I analyze on a computer to see what part of the brain was being used at what point of time. Hmm. So this is in, yeah, like this is just, but what I'm trying to do is I am just trying to use numbers 
single digit numbers uh, in the Danish language uh, and then I've tried to come up with a test which can test all of this uh, and if it works it can be used in any other language and also what is going to help us with is like people with hearing aids and cochlear implants or children with some disabilities who have slower or different uh, I don't want to say slower different processing skills than someone who has uh, optimal yeah. hearing uh, we want to study how the brain uh, reacts or how the brain is for them and then if you treat someone's hearing loss with a hearing aid uh, does the brain oh, wait okay you can cut this part out I just, <laughs> I just got confused I don't know uh, okay 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 sorry no uh, just go ahead it's yeah. all right yeah, yeah. Um, I messed up there but uh, when you get a hear when you go blind right yeah uh, we say that someone can hear better or touch better or smell better okay yeah. and the reason behind that is that uh, your brain goes like okay I'm not using this part anymore so I'm just gonna give it away to other parts and that's why other senses become stronger so it's actually true that this happens yeah that it's happens okay. it's, it's called a cortical reorganization oh but uh, the moment uh, with hearing it's a bit different because hearing loss is very gradual and uh, you grow deaf very slowly sometimes with age sometimes over 10 20 years and uh, up until uh, recently it was thought that oh uh, it has to be you have to be deaf for there to be cortical reorganization in your brain but uh, they found out just uh, some years ago that even when you have a little degree of hearing loss like a mild hearing loss mm -hmm. the organization is already started so uh, it so and then if the loss grows it it organizes even more so sometimes your brain so this is the part your temporal area like which is just around above your uh, ear, ear uh -huh, yeah, around yeah. that is some part that is responsible for hearing along with other parts so there's a chance that this part is going to the brain is going to be like ah i'm not using this anymore why don't the other parts start using it or it can also go like oh this needs help so i'm gonna allow other neurons to help out so i want to see what is exactly happening and so if a person with hearing loss who has had this organization mm -hmm. is given a hearing aid or a cochlear implant is it going to go back to normal or is it going to be completely new because we don't really know that yet and because some people with hearing aids do really well and some people just don't and then if we maybe if we find out how the reorganization is happening in the brain, maybe we can help out people with hearing loss and cochlear implants more. So that's the idea. All right. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah, that was a great no, But story. you seem to be very into it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah really enjoy the things you are doing. But how did you, how did you get in this field? Yeah, exactly. How did you tell I'm going to examine like hearing yeah, it loss? It seems to be so, <laughs> so specific thing. So, so. Uh, I wanted to go into medicine, but not a medical doctor because oh, I can't study six, seven years for just one and then thing and then <laughs> ah, this is crazy. I mean, Fingers crossed to all medical students. <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry for that. Uh, you amazing, yeah. But, uh, I just wanted, uh, also back in India, it's really intense. It's probably different here, but in India it's, I have friends doing medicine and all they do for six years is study, 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 and I couldn't have done that. So uh, I did want to go into healthcare. So I ended up studying uh, audiology and speech language pathology, which basically studies how 
you hear and all the hearing disorders and it along with that you also end up studying uh, speech and uh, language development right from children to them growing up but then sometimes when people have a stroke and then you need to train their brain again to speak or voice problems so mm-hmm. I studied that but then I was like ah this is too much clinics uh, I don't want to deal with like I don't want to work in the uh, uh, in a hospital rather I was really fascinated by the technology being used for all this and I also saw a gap in my field with the technology being used and the patient care so that's why I did a master's in biomedical engineering um, and after that uh, I worked on developing a, a device that could be used in rural India and Africa for hearing screening testing but that was my master's project right. but and then later I with that I really got interested in research and Denmark is actually the it has out of the five best companies it has three companies right in Copenhagen in Denmark their headquarters so Denmark is actually the one of the best place in the world for hearing research and that's mm-hmm. why I chose this because it allowed me to combine knowledge from my bachelor's my master's and yet I then I learned something new with the EEG part so right. that's yeah. that's why I'm here. And is it a, the SDU in particular that had uh, this strong research uh, background? Or? Yes, actually SDU is one of the few, only few places which has a formal audiology program. Okay. So I'm affiliated with the audiology lab here. And uh, SDU also has a collaboration with um, the University of Oldenburg. And so I'm doing my project with them. Okay. They're experts in... Uh, Neurosciences. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So, what does an audiology lab look like? Ah, audiology lab is. Is it just computers or? <laughs> no, no, no. It's actually imagine a room, and within that a smaller room, because that smaller room inside is where you test the patient, and the pa- it has to be sound shielded, because you want to first the first audiology test that you do is you uh, measure what's the softest sound that you can hear. Mm-hmm. It's called making your audiogram. Mm-hmm. Um, m- many people must have done that, or when you get older, you'll do it for sure. And you're like, you can't Maybe Martin should already do that. Maybe I want to visit your lab. <laughs> yeah, you should, you should. But actually, uh, nowadays, you also see a lot of uh, hearing loss in young people because of loud music and headphones. So there is a particular kind of loss that ha- starts in the higher frequencies. Mm. But uh, anyway, uh, so. So a room inside of a room? A room, uh, yeah, I strayed away there. A room inside a room, and there's uh, the room has a door and also a glass window. Mm-hmm. And the patient sits inside, and you're outside, and then you just put headphones on them, and you and you have your machine outside, and you, ju- you just give them sounds and tell them to press a button uh, every time they hear a sound, and then you can measure what's the softest sound they can hear. And then later on, you give them some numbers or words and you ask them to repeat them. So then you also check, okay, he's hearing at this level, but what is the softest sound that they can understand and say back because that's or repeat because that's more important because in real life we end up, we need to do that, Mm -hmm. communicate. 
It sounds like a room we might use for a recording <laughs> since it's so soundproof. <laughs> yeah, it would be probably like no sound at all. Actually, here, this is very good for uh, audiological testing because, man, there is no, it's so quiet here. <laughs> that it's is true. Yeah, it is, but there's a lot of, you know, uh, right. reflections from yes. the, uh, yeah. on the walls and stuff. So, yeah. Maybe so. Yeah. But you said you used the EEG cap or? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I remember I went once to Satyam, how do you call it? examination yeah. with that thing so is it the thing that you have on your head and you have a lot of gel inside yes. so your hair is yeah. after super greasy yeah. and so stuff yeah so you just put on the cap yeah. and there's holes okay so uh, there's uh, the cap that i have is a 40 electrode so what that basically means is that so on your head you can you want to measure electricity from different parts of your brain uh, and the reason being is that there's a lot going on there but it's like a resolution um, of uh, yeah, so more er electrodes you have, the better, better quality, better of quality data you have. because you can differentiate more, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I have a 40 channel elect uh, electrode cap right now. So there's 40 different places. I put the gel in and then... Yeah. So and in terms of audiology, is, is it a good resolution? Or <laughs> yeah, it's probably yeah, good. Or <laughs> uh, it's, it's actually, uh, the high, it's called high, dens high density encephalography and 40 is around where you start, but it's really good. All uh, right. Better than, it's not the best, obviously, because there's 256 channels. You Ooh. have, yeah, <laughs> the highest best right now is like 256, mostly used, but you can go more, but uh, more or less, but it's really expensive in itself. The whole EG setup. Mm -hmm. So the more you want to upgrade, it gets more, um, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I remember it was always very disgusting to go out to school afterwards or something like that. It's not really <laughs> comfortable. Yeah. I make my participant, so we have a shower. That's nicer. Like, so I have like shampoos and uh, towels and everything. Okay. So I just give them, they can take a shower later. That's nicer. My doctor didn't have that. <laughs> but yeah. still, you, you have to get the participants. How many people do you need for the research? For my first study, I need uh, 20 normals. Normal. I'm sorry. <laughs> Twenty. Uh, please cut that out. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I need twenty young uh, Danish na native Danish speakers between mm -hmm. the ages of eighteen to thirty, okay. with uh, optimal hearing and corrected vision. Mm -hmm. uh, for my first study, and then uh, the the study that I've come up with, I'll analyze that and see if it's working out. And if it's working out, I will use that test setup on hearing in participants and study them over a span of six months doing three different measurements and seeing how their brain is changing uh, or reorganizing uh, bec because they're using hearing aids and seeing if there's a change and then also on cochlear implant users mm -hmm. so in total i would say 20 and then 20 hearing aid users and cochlear implant users even if i get the aim would be 15, but that's like a dream because they're really hard to get a hold mm. of. So even if I have five, I would be lucky. Otherwise, it's not hard to find the people. To cochlear implant? No, those you said you are With difficult. Hearing, hearing yeah. aid? But yes, the there's normals. Ah, uh, 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 yeah. normals. Yeah, sure. I, I just did air cords, by the way. Yeah, uh, normals. Um, no, it's been quite easy. Actually, there's... So I put out our ad on Facebook mm -hmm. and then people I knew and uh, university students in the audiology course. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's been easy. That's Good. not yeah. been an issue. You even have some like financial reimbursement for that, right? Yeah. Uh, so they get 120 Kona per hour. 
So it's like I would do that for my greasy hair. It sounds like a reasonable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like four hours of te- four or five hours of testing. So. Mm, mm. Yeah, but anyways, you are spending a lot of time with the with the research. I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, well, you came. You know, it's after eight. You are after the interview. You are going back. No, to the but university. to be very honest, today is like an like a special day that you caught me on. But yeah. What? All right. There's there's times that I've worked twelve hours in the lab, and there's times I have nothing to do for three days. So there's chill days and there's fun days, but all right. So what do you do during these uh, chill fun days? What? How do you fill your <laughs> oh depends. Free time? Uh, depends on the weather, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, just the usual stuff. I think um, going out. Uh, I go out. I try to go out rowing five times a week. Rowing uh, at the Odense Row Club. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that is fun, and um, what else? I chill with my flatmates or my friends, <laughs> or um, just read books or play a ukulele or whatever. So it's just it's, I try to have uh, I try to have as much as fun as I can when I'm not working. Uh, I think that that's 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 how it should be. I think I cannot. Uh, I feel that. Uh, life shouldn't just be about your work or just one thing. It should encompass many things because that that's a that's what a person is. So you want to tap onto every side of it. So in my free time, you actually catch me doing many different things. Yeah, that sounds okay. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Back to the rowing. Yeah. Uh, I've also heard that there is the thing that you can actually rent a kayak and go and yeah. collect the trash. In the yes. sea, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that somehow connected to what you do? No, or? Well, the clothes, rowing and kayaking are mm, quite different. That's true. Yeah. And the kayak club is right, very close to the row club. Okay. So, okay. Well, yeah. still underwater, right? Yeah. <laughs> still underwater, and whenever we're rowing in the evenings, we always run uh, into kayakers. Mm-hmm. But. And do you row on a single boat? No. So I just started this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I started last winter, actually. So we were training on ergs, it's like the indoor rowing machines, because okay. it's too cold to go outside. Yeah. So I trained on that, and then uh, after after the spring came, then we actually went on the water. And I started out with like, imagine these boats with training wheels, but they're called punctuns, so they don't let you fall in the water. Uh-huh. But uh, I have managed to fall in that <laughs> water, in the, in the water just doing that, and my coach was like, uh, if you fall, if you flip that boat over, I will get you a soda. So it's, it's that hard. Did you get the soda? No, because I, did, I couldn't flip it over. I still fell in the oh, water. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then even you're in the canal, you forget that it's salty water. So you're like, oh, yeah, but it's a, it's a nice experience. Uh, then once you're not scared of falling in the water, I think rowing becomes so much easier because you're like, yeah, what is the worst that can happen? Mm. But then, then you graduate, then then you go on a double scholar when you sit with two people. So when you're on a single scholar, it's very hard to just fall off because the. But when you're with two people, uh, there's someone else to always keep a balance. And then later on, right now, actually, uh, uh, till uh, until last week, we were training uh, for a competition in uh, uh, Copenhagen, but now that's cancelled. So we were. Oh. Yeah. But we were um, we were practicing on uh, on a boat of eight people, so eight people have to row together, and uh, it's actually quite fun and quite challenging, and you have to concentrate so much because everyone has to be in sync, 
and even if you even if one person especially if you're the person who is doing something wrong it's it's like catching the water that just means that your oar instead of going perpendicular to the surface is slanted so you're actually going deep into the water and you can actually like fall off the boat okay. uh, so you or uh, you can um, if you're not in sync with the other people you're going to be out of phase and then yeah your boat is not going to move properly so it's it's actually a lot of concentration and a lot of strength as well and it's so refreshing it's 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 it's, it's a great sport and such a team sport and we have been so lucky with the amazing weather <laughs> that's true that was a nice summer for a water sport <laughs> yeah and the and the Odense canal is just beautiful because many a times you're greeted with seals oh really yeah just like they just swim around and but the most beautiful um scene that i remember was one morning it was six and it was just a bit colder than the other day so there was a lot of mist coming out of the water and we were out into the canal and we hear, hear uh, we heard a horn and we look back and there's this big boat which is coming in Oi. but because uh, it's really slowly like <laughs> we stopped and then when i looked at it it was it felt like a scene out of pirates of the caribbean because there was a lot of mist <laughs> yeah and the boat you, you could just see the top not for the full boat and it was slowly coming towards you and clearing the mist this is beautiful so did david jones like get off the boat or yeah, I, <laughs> I wish <laughs> jack sparrow uh, but uh yeah it's it's quite nice quite refreshing and a, a great place to meet people they're absolutely amazing people there who want to teach you want to make you feel welcome hmm. in, the, in the group and it's, it's been one of the best things that has helped me integrate into living my life here in Odense. Since you came from India, yeah. and it's quite recent that you came here, right? It's a yeah. year? Or uh, yeah, last actually. I came here in November. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's quite new. From my friends, I know that the life, of, of course, is slightly different. So different. So is there anything that you brought from like your Indian life? Some, I don't know, kind of like philosophy, some kind of thoughts or anything that you find useful living now in Denmark? Ah, uh, yeah. I think when I was moving here, uh, I did a lot of reading on forums and everything about the Danish culture and everything. Um, and uh, one thing that has helped me uh, actually here that you say that I bought, you know, so Indians are very like community oriented, like in, in, a, in a way it's like, there's people always in your life everywhere in your house in your at least the way environment i was brought up in like your neighbors always coming over or all my cousins all my friends from childhood all my, my grandparents we live in the same city <laughs> so we always have every weekend we have something and some we are in someone else's house or someone is in our house and uh, uh there's one thing that uh people here find very strange but that's very common in india is that you can make friends on a train uh -huh. ride yeah traveling from one city to another did you talk to random people there yeah we do like <laughs> for example once we were traveling from like the west part of india to the east and it was a 24 hour journey train ride it was just me and my friend and the, there was some detour the train had to take and there was this family like a, a lady her sister and their son and the, because the train had changed routes they couldn't find a seat and uh the seats in india the train seats are really long and they only needed it for like four hours and the ticket collector told them if we allow them to sit they can just sit it was the t the daytime and they sat and 
They were so grateful that while we were going back home, they took our phone numbers from us. And while we were going back home, they came to the, st they scheduled their timings with the train. They came to the station and bought us loads of snacks from that part. Uh, uh, and then we have been in touch since. Because nice. Whenever they came to our city, we met and... Okay. Yeah, so it's like, my point is like, Indian people just will just talk. They will talk <laughs> everywhere. And I, I tried that here and I have uh, I have gotten the same reactions. I've, I've made friends. Have you started talking to an unknown person on a train? Yes, actually. Um, I was just, I was coming from Germany, Hamburg to Onse. And uh, a train was going to be really late, and I so I, I was just going to the ticket collector, and I saw this lady talk to him as well. She was like, I would say in her 60s, mm -hmm. and I heard what she was talking about, and I said the same thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, I hope you're going to make it in time. And then we got to talking, and she was from Ohus, and we talked from Hamburg to Kolding because that's where our train change was, and it was actually my I was just moving to Odense from Germany. So the first two months of my PhD were in Germany, and then then I came here. So I was moving, and I was really new. It was around. It was going to be late, and uh, I didn't know anything about Danish language. I, I couldn't understand anything. So she was so nice. She gave me her phone number. Uh, she after you're that, a phone number collector. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she gave me her phone number, uh, uh, and then uh, after that. At Colding, when I was departing, uh, the, there was an announcement that this will, your train will come on the same platform, just get down in five minutes. And I don't know what, she texted me on WhatsApp, translated the whole message for me and told me this is where it is and go home safe. And even though she was in Ohus and initially if I ended up needing something because I was so new here, I should just text her. And she would just push me in touch with her contacts in order to see if I ever needed anything. And of course I never needed it, but when you're so new to a country and someone says something so nice or such a nice gesture, uh, so, so full of warmth and so welcoming, mm -hmm. I was like, I, I, I loved it. I was, I, was, I, was, I didn't feel out of like, I didn't feel, uh, I didn't feel that, you know, I didn't feel out of place if someone's so nice and yeah. I think it was really nice of her. Would you like to, I think we're, we're fine. Yeah, we might just ask the last thing yeah. to conclude with this beautiful story. So <laughs> yeah. I guess we don't need to go any further. Do you, Pushkar, have any life hack in your life? That would be a, something that just helps you cope with life. Life. Yeah. Um, it can really be anything. Yeah, I'm just thinking. I think um, I have learned actually through all this uh, many years you shouldn't take life like in a, in a nice way in a chill way don't take life too seriously don't take yourself too seriously and uh, no no, no. I, in the sense uh, do what you have to do but just always remember to have a good time and nothing is so and always you just just want to experience life in everything that you do or a, for example the cake that i had was really nice very different and <laughs> Or it could be a big thing or a small thing, but just I think I just try to enjoy every part of life that I have, even if it's, for example, working late yeah. or uh, meeting new people from different parts of the world. Yeah, and I think always expect that something good is going to happen, and it usually does. 
just keep telling yourself uh, something ah something nice is going to happen next week and you'll see that 99% of the time something good does happen that's that's i guess that's what i do that's awesome <laughs> your eyes convinced me that it's true <laughs> well pushka thank you very much yeah. for joining us it was really a pleasure definitely thank you for having me this is cool first time doing something like this yeah so thank you for being here Thank you for listening and see you next week with the next episode.